Friday is World AIDS Day, and Thursday at 3.30 at Jilson Square, there will be an event to commemorate World AIDS Day. World AIDS Day, remember and commit. It'll be at the Wyndham Community Center, the Senior Center, from 3.30 until 6 o'clock. To talk about that event and to talk about the HIV-AIDS epidemic in general, we're joined this morning by the director of the Wyndham AIDS Program, Belinda Clark. Stephen Feathers from Perception Programs, Marlies De Jesus, a medical case manager with Perception Programs, and Dr. Danielle DiGeronimo from Generations Family Health Center. Folks, good morning. Thank you for joining me today. Let me start with Belinda Clark. Belinda, tell me about what's going on these days with HIV AIDS, and in particular, what will be going on on Thursday afternoon at the Wyndham Community Center. Um, we're having our event on Thursday at the uh, Senior Center, which will be, um, uh, Stephen will talk about the uh, the kind of services they're going to be doing as far as testing. There'll be, you know, HIV testing, hep C testing, and then I guess somebody's coming in to do the flu test, you know, to give flu uh, vaccines. We will also be having music with John Clark, and we will also have um, refreshments and we have uh, many of our local um, providers have given or are coming to the event and bringing all their resources to help people with, um, with all kinds of needs. This is an annual event, both locally and nationally and worldwide. This year's theme is Remember and Commit. Specifically, Belinda, what does that refer to? Well, to me, that refers to 1989 when I started, and we started to receive the Ryan White Care Act funds in 1992, which made a big difference because all of a sudden we were able to help our clients with medical needs, food, all the needs that they needed, um, mental health, because it was such a dire time that everybody... We were losing people every month. We were losing clients. It was uh, not a very good time. And uh, and at that point, it was just AZT. And then eventually, it turned into a variety of cocktails, which clients stopped many times stopped taking because it was so much. And today, 2023, we have clients who are just taking minimal medications, living very high-quality lives, working doing quite well for themselves and it is just what i always wanted after 30 some odd years of doing this work danielle generations is one of the key players in the area of hiv aids treatment in the northeast corner tell me some examples of what generations does so um hi my name is danielle um so we provide um primary care services to all HIV-positive patients, and um, regardless of their ability to pay, we have the ability to provide them services as well as the medications um, to keep them healthy. So we do a lot of education um, on the illness um, or the chronic disease, and we offer um, at-once testing in our clinic, so people are welcome to walk in and be tested at any time. What are Parts C and D, and how do you utilize the Part C funds? Uh, Part C is for basically comprehensive um, HIV primary medical care, um, any uh, support services that um, the patient may need. Um, we Again, we are able to pay for any HIV medications that are not um, affordable or unable to um, if the patient doesn't have any insurance. 
so um, we also give them links to um, behavioral health care as well as dental care. So um, it's it's a great um, grant, and we're very happy to have had it for so many years. And Danielle, Part D, what does Part D provide? So Part D is for women, infants, children, and youth living with HIV. And so we provide the same type of services, but it's specifically for that patient population. Stephen Feathers, Outreach Manager at Perception Programs. Just in general, I know back 30, 40 years ago, in many cases, HIV-AIDS was a death sentence. That's not the case anymore, is it? Uh, No. So for most people who are HIV positive, they're able to take uh, one pill once a day, and that pill has minimal side effects, and they're able to live their lives as if they didn't have HIV at all. Um, Most people, if they're taking that pill as scheduled, um, their immune system is able to recover, and they get to what's called undetectable. And if someone's undetectable, they can't spread the virus through sex. So it's protecting that person's health and also their partner's health. And their life expectancy now isn't really any different than if they didn't have HIV in the first place. You talk about the pill. What new medications in particular are there out there to help control and contain HIV-AIDS? So there's been several newer um, medications that have come out that are less that are still just as effective at suppressing the virus, but are um, less harmful to the body, so there's fewer side effects for the individuals taking them. And then there's also now they are in the process of releasing, I think there's one that's been approved, and there's several others that are kind of in the works, injectable versions that are going to be able to be taken by individuals once a month, or once every two months, or once every three months, or even once every six months, as opposed to having to take a medication every day. And I mentioned that it's no longer a death sentence. Do you have statistics on that? What are the survival rates? That is not something that I have here at Generations, but I know that people with HIV are living much longer, healthier lives. Um, It's similar to any chronic care um, illness that is being treated right now, like such as diabetes or hypertension. So... Um, the longevity is excellent. And Marilise De Jesus, welcome aboard this morning. And you're a, a case manager at uh, Perception Programs. Tell me about just some examples of some of the people you deal with and what they go through. Good morning. So we deal with um, uh, everyone from, unfortunately, some clients that are newly diagnosed, other clients that are have had HIV and AIDS for many, many years. Um, and it's, it's actually, I feel like right now we are at a point where um, clients are needed, they're needing less and less help, which is great. Um, there still is the need out there, and there still is um, the need of everyone to be tested just so they know and they can actually get on the regimen to keep living longer and healthier lives. Marilise, how do people first get in contact with you? Do they call? Does someone refer them to you? Does someone refer you to them? So most clients are referred. Uh, They would be referred to me either by uh, perception programs, generations, or other local uh, programs 
or programs from Hartford, even local, even the local hospital. When the hospital will call us for a referral, or the client will call themselves. Um, they will call. They heard that there was a program in the area, and they are HIV positive, and they're looking for more assistance in programs. Dr. Danielle DiGeronimo, tell me more about the types of HIV AIDS services that Generations provides. Well, I did. I did want to point out one thing. Um, we are already offering, and it depends on you know the person and if they qualify for the injectable. But the once a month injectable, and it has made a huge um, difference in um, lifestyle because they only have to come in once a month and they don't have to take a pill on a daily basis. Um, but some of the other services we offer, we we help with any sort of transportation. We help with any sort of um, specialty referrals that need to um, happen. We, um, any sort of um, um, issues with food insecurity, any social determinants of health that may um, impede on their ability to, um, you know, get quality care, health care. So we help them with all of that. You said transportation, helping with transportation. Does that mean people just don't have a way to get from point A to point B to get the necessary services? Correct. Correct. Um, a lot of our patients um, don't have an issue with transportation to generations, um, but if they do, we certainly help them with that. But if a patient needs to be seen by a specialist and it's outside of our area, we help with transportation, getting them set up with um, the appropriate um, ways to get to um, the, the, the specialist that needs to be seen. Danielle, speaking in generalities, how wide an area does Generation serve the HIV AIDS community? Uh, we serve, um, well, all of our patients um, are from either Putnam, Danielson, Willimantic, or um, Norwich. So we do try and serve, serve all of those areas. We have a clinic um, once a month in our Norwich site um, to service those HIV patient population in that area as well. So um, we try to spread um, the word and make sure that if anybody has um, a positive HIV diagnosis, that they can come see us. And tell me more about outreach testing for HIV and Hep C, along with referrals and supportive assistance with case managers. Right. So we we're out in the community, especially since um, you know COVID has no longer been a, a, a considered a pandemic. Um, we're out in the community at least three times a week. We go to local soup kitchens. We go to the shelters. And so we, we go to, um, uh, we've been to Eastern, any sort of um, area where we can um, tap into patients and offer testing um, for hepatitis C as well as HIV. Um, we're out there at least three times a week. World AIDS Day is Friday. The event in Wyndham will be at the Community Center Senior Center Thursday, starting at 3.30 p.m. Belinda Clark, the director of the Wyndham AIDS program, kind of give me a step back and take a look on where you started and where you are now with the AIDS epidemic. Um, can you hear me? I'm, I'm trying to work this phone. Hello? I hear you fine, Belinda. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I, like I said, it started with, uh, it was a death sentence for people, and it was a very hard, trying time. And just remember, I remember myself and all my other staff, we would be holding clients' hands as they were passing away because many people stayed away from people who were HIV or had AIDS. And uh, it's not like that now. It is, we have just, it's, 
the um, it, it's just amazing how people are doing. We have one client that came to us at, in 1992, and she's still surviving and doing pretty well. And this is amazing. She is a long, you know, survivor, and it's it's just amazing because there's other people like that out there, and we are just. You know, it's it's wonderful. It's it's all I ever really wanted was if I ever when I was ready to leave this program, I was hoping and praying that at one day there would be a cure or that would clients would just continue to have a normal life, same you know as normal as can be. So that to me is a big difference. Yeah. Well, how close are we to getting a cure? Do you think there'll be one in our lifetimes? I don't really know because. You know, uh, different kinds of diseases come, and then that's kind of put back in the burner, back burner and stuff. So, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think that just where we're at has come a long way, and I know that um, the CDC wants to put HIV in the same category as diabetes, um, lung issues, and so it's kind of putting it in that category. So it's not making it priority as it was. Marilise De Jesus, let me ask you about the symptoms, the signs that someone has early HIV. Maybe they're not aware they're exposed, but they start having symptoms. What are some of the things that people should be aware of that maybe they should get themselves tested? Well, I think everybody uh, should be tested at one point anyway. So. Correct. You should be tested. Um, they used to be flu symptoms. Uh, um, you would be tested because in... Um, that's when they would start the testing and they would run your CD4 and viral load once they noticed that you were HIV positive or AIDS. Even. And Dr. Danielle DiGeronimo, what have you seen during the past two years in relation to the HIV AIDS patients? Well, I, in the past years, I mean, with uh, the advent of new medications, I, we've seen, you know, people that are undetectable. Um, and again, like um, it was said previously, when you're undetectable, you can't spread the virus. Um, what we also have noticed is that there's been decreased amount of testing going on just because of having that public health emergency. So we're hopeful over the next couple of months that we'll increase our testing, we'll be um, people will become more aware of the fact that you should be tested um, annually, especially if you're, um, if you have um, high risk sexual activity. So that's kind of this, what's our goal right now is to increase our testing, which at generations, um, you know, we have reeducated all of our clinicians on the importance of testing annually and having that discussion with our patients. Daniel, what was the relationship of the pandemic to HIV AIDS. Did fewer people get tested for HIV AIDS because of the COVID pandemic? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we couldn't go out into the public. Um, there was a lot of limitations on being able to test um, our patients. So um, it has, it, and a lot of the telehealth, um, it, it took place over the phone. We weren't able to test in-house. Um, and then, of course, you know, patients getting to a lab was was kind of scary too because you know they didn't want to be in the public arena and and you had to go into a lab in order to be tested so a lot of people were hesitant on getting even blood work done so it was difficult but again um, we have a big push to make sure we're continuing or starting to test more often and um, 
getting the word out that it's important to test. So does this mean that there are more people who do not know their HIV status than there was before the pandemic? It's a possibility. It's a possibility just because we haven't, they haven't been tested. So I certainly recommend anybody going out and getting tested. Um, and we offer, um, with our Ryan White program, we offer walk-in testing to anybody in our community. You don't have to be a patient at Generations. And Stephen Feather, just take me back to when you began with perception programs to where things stand now. Do you feel that people with HIV AIDS have a more positive outlook? Um, so I would say generally in the six years that I've been doing the outreach work that, yeah, people who do have HIV tend to have a more positive outlook. Um, kind of speaking to some of the earlier questions, uh, we, we know that people didn't get tested during the pandemic. So we know that there's more people who likely got infected, um, and are at risk for having complications because they don't know their status. And the only way to know that somebody has HIV is if they get tested. So, that's why we're all, all strongly recommending that people get tested. Uh, generations can do the test. Perception programs can do the test. And perception programs also goes out into the community. And we can meet people wherever they're comfortable for the test, whether that's at our office, a soup kitchen, or we can meet in a park wherever they're comfortable for the test. Um, and we will be offering testing at um, the event. Um, but I would I would really say that most people I've met who have HIV have a more positive outlook um, as time has gone on. Um, yeah. World AIDS Day is Friday worldwide, and the local event will be taking place 3.30 until 6 o'clock at Jilson Square at the Community Center in the Senior Center. The theme for World AIDS Day this year, Remember and Commit, the annual event serves as a reminder of the global struggle to end HIV-related stigma, an opportunity to honor those we have lost, and a rallying cry to commit to working toward a day when HIV is no longer a public health threat. Thanks to all of you for joining me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Belinda Clark, Stephen Feathers, Marilise De Jesus, and Dr. Danielle DiGeronimo on 14 WILI Willimannic and 95.3 FM.